got a lot on my heart and my mind. Let's jump right into this, okay? So uh, let's pray together and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I bow before you and ask you to bless the rest of the time we have together. I pray, Lord, you bless those kids. Thank you for their hearts and I thank you for their parents. In Jesus' name, amen. I got a, I've been thinking about the whole subject of children throughout the week. And uh, one of the things I've been thinking about is when we were younger, some of us, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I'm not going to say any names, but, <laughs> but it brought back a lot of memories. And one of those memories that I had when I was younger was the fact that I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Um, I was 14 years old. And uh, it was the faith that I had, I was born with. It was the faith that God gave me. And I know a lot of you in here, you know, God's, God's done a work in your life at one point, And uh, you, you had childlike faith too. And uh, for a matter of fact, there's a lot of folks in here that got saved when they were kids. How many got saved when you were a kid? You remember that? Yeah. I got saved when I was a kid. And uh, even though 14 years old doesn't seem like a kid, but it was young. And so I want to talk a little bit about that childlike faith tonight and, uh, and just consider what God has done in our lives and God, how God has worked. And I mean, Easter's coming, and I've noticed something about children. They get excited about the funniest little things. Do you notice that? They get pumped up about things that we don't think anything about. And they believe in those things like they really matter. Like in the middle of the night, my son's Lego kit fell off the wall. He had it on a shelf, and in this particular one, it did matter because it was a thousand pieces or more, a few thousand pieces, and, uh, they, and they seem like they cost a few thousand dollars sometimes, the Legos, but it's a big deal to them. How many feel like your kids act like that sometimes? Would you raise your hand? <laughs> Me too. I want to uh, pay attention here for a minute. I remember the days when we didn't have those video cameras very well. I mean, they weren't very well made. They weren't CDs. They weren't digital. I remember the days when it was that, and this sounds funny, I'm only 36. It was that wheel-to-wheel, you know what I mean? And you had to look at it, and most of it, you couldn't even understand it. Brings back a lot of memories of when I was a kid. All the way before I was 14 years old, I have a lot of memories, you know? Some of you do too. Uh, Some folks in here had that childlike faith, and you used it for God's glory and gave your life to Jesus Christ. Nathan, when did you get saved? How old were you? You were 12 years old. How old are you now? 30. I thought you were older. 30. (laughs) Frank, how old are you? 63. 63. When were you saved? About 22. 22. 22 years old. Do you remember, Norm, when you got saved? How old were you? Nine years old. I mean, 
nine-year-old, how could a nine-year-old know Jesus Christ? I mean, they believe in everything. I mean, some of them still believe in Santa Claus. And some of them, hey, some of them may even believe in the Easter Bunny and all kinds of things. Nine years old. I was 14. How many were under the age of nine? Would you raise your hand? Under the age of nine when you got saved. How many were over the age of 25 when you received Jesus Christ? Really? Here's the interesting thing. We're all born with it. Some people say, I don't believe that. You're not not born with faith. I believe you're born with faith. Because you believe in something. Even children put their faith in something, whether it be mom, dad, whatever they know at that time, they're trusting that at that moment. They have that faith. And as we get older, we... We have things that come our way, right? And, and it makes us believe in those things. Spiritually, too. There's some things that are false doctrines, and we start falling for it. And we're trying to protect our children from those false doctrines and those lies. The idea of evolution and things like that. And, and it's a battle. The Bible says, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little what? Shall in no wise enter therein. I didn't want to preach tonight. I I just want to, this is kind of a weird way of doing things, but I just kind of want to give you my heart about kids. Somebody said to me, hey, you're the children's pastor. And I said, no, I'm not the children's pastor. I'm family ministries. I just do a lot with children. I have a lot of time I have to spend preaching and teaching children. And then I got to thinking, well, in a lot of ways, Dave, you have a responsibility. Clarence Sexton pulled me in his office before I graduated from college. And he said, he said, Dave, why don't you go into full-time children's ministry? And I said, no way. No way. The president of our college. I said, there, God has called me to be a youth pastor. And I know that's what he wants me to do. And I did that. And God put me in for seven years as a youth pastor. They're children too. I know you all don't want to hear that, but just in a... Strange way, you're still children, your brains are still developing, and that's just life. But the interesting thing about it is, as time went on, and God did allow me to have an opportunity to be a part of many children's ministries, I realized something. Every one of those little people have a soul. And we get to the point in life that we forget about that. I heard somebody say this, and I know they didn't mean any harm by it, but they were joking. But in some sense, I could tell they were serious. We had kids' revival nights. It's coming up. We dumped our hearts in those kids. And somebody said, oh, yeah, yeah, kids' revival nights. And I said, "Uh, yeah, we had two kids saved. They're like, oh, yeah, 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 you know how that is. A hundred kids saved, you know, like VBS. And they were joking, but I could tell there was a little sense of seriousness, you know. Because they look at it like, you know. They don't look at it like they're just, they're real people. Do you realize kids this big die and go to hell? Or do we just not want to think about kids burning in hell? I know, we don't want to think about it. I don't either. But guess what? We have a great responsibility. And when Easter rolls around, I have to think about that childlike faith. Because sometimes we just focus about everything in this, this auditorium. And, it, and we can't get our minds past that. We can't get our minds past the little ones running the hallways. Or our kids wearing their little dress and the little boys wearing their little ties. And we think they're going to go Easter egg hunting and all this other stuff. But no, i got to think past that. And I'm prepping and prepping and prepping and getting all these schedules ready. I'm getting the egg hunt ready. i got to get all these eggs packed. And I have to stop and say, dear God, this is not about that. 
How do I get it in my brain that these are little people that have souls and they're going to die and go to hell or they're going to go to heaven? And I have a, a responsibility to invest in their childlike faith. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, and said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted and become as a what? Ye, ye shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So childlike faith. You see, there's a problem. And uh, kids are strange. And they're a pain sometimes. How many have children? How many do not have children? How many do not want children? No, I'm just kidding. Matt, come here. I want to see you. Come down here. Get over here. Matt looks like a good, stout young man, doesn't he? Let's give Matt a big hand. <laughs> Matt was bummed, dragging a little behind. He was supposed to play an instrument and all that good stuff. It's you, huh? I've been looking forward to this. Really? No, really, seriously. I've been thinking about this. One day this guy's going to get married. I've got to stand on this even to be his height. A little taller. One day you're going to get married and you're going to have a kid. And that's scary, isn't it? Get back down here. Yeah. It is. It's scary. A little Matt running around. Woo! Playing his banjo. A little bitty banjo. <laughs> this is fun, ain't it? But there's something you got to be ready for when it comes to kids. There's things about kids, okay? It, one of the things is called slow-mo. I developed this. I've learned this through my children. It all came together. If you have kids, you're gonna, you know what I'm talking about. Slow-mo is something you got to be prepared for when it comes to children. When you're in the van, and you're about to get out of the van, and it's freezing outside, sleeting, snowing, whatever, and for some reason they're still in the van or the vehicle, and you say to your child, get out of the van. We're going into Walmart. What are you doing? And so for some reason, you have enough time to clean the windshield, knock the ice off the tires, probably witness to the guy next to you, lead him to Christ and have a revival or tent meeting right in the middle of that parking lot. And they're still in the van. You need to know these things. It's called slow-mo. And then you look and you realize that Christian found a piece of bubble gum he won at Chuck E. Cheese a year ago. It's underneath the seat, and he now is deciding to eat that piece of bubble gum before we get out of the van, the slow-mo. Ellie finds his Legos and decides to build a Lego kit in the van before we get out of the van. How many know what I'm talking about? Slow-mo. When you're exhausted, you say, would you please get in the house? And that's the time they decided to fall out of the van, and then you have to repair them before they get in the house. It's exhausting. Why don't you come up here? You've got to know these things, man. You're going to get married one day. And so things about children you need to know. Potty pass. Dude, this is important. Face me. Potty pass. Potty pass will come, my friend. And when the day comes, be ready. It's when you go into Target or Walmart or a store like Kroger. And you walk in. And you look over and there's a place called the bathroom, the restroom, whatever you want to define it. And it's there. And you look at your kids and you say, do you have to go to the bathroom? And they say to you, no. First of all, realize your children are liars. Especially in Target. And you take your children past Potty Pass, the bathroom. You go all the way to the back of Target. And you realize at that moment that child is acting different. But he don't want to say it because he knows you're going to be angry at him. And you say, what's wrong? Daddy, i got to go to the bathroom. You do realize there's one bathroom in Target. And it's at the front door, the very location we just passed. And you took a Potty Pass. 
And now we have to go all the way back. And for whatever reason, their tummy's messed up and they spend an hour in there. What could a child do for an hour in a bathroom? It's not usually going to the bathroom. They just sit and think. I'm telling you, you got to be ready for this. You say, Pastor Dave, where are you going? <laughs> the gnat effect. I'm going somewhere. you got to be ready for this because it all applies. It's that moment in your life where you're trying to get something done and they just don't stop. Sometimes I call this crosstalk. This when one child is speaking and this child is speaking, they're speaking at the same time, Matt. And they think you're going to listen to both of them the same way because, like, you're a superhero. And you can hear them and comprehend both conversations. But it just sounds like... And you say, one at a time. One at a time. I can only hear one at a time. And then they start like a gnat. You know those gnats that get in your ear and you're just like, you can't see them, but you just want to bust them? Smash them? You can't do that with your children. You'll go to jail. It's the gnat effect. You frustrated. But through all this... You love them, and you don't even know why. I mean, you really love them while they're hanging on your leg, they're buzzing in your ear, and they all seem to want to talk very loudly when you get an important phone call or watch Scooby-Doo very loudly. But the thing that I, I'll never forget as my kids get older is motor mouth syndrome when they just don't know when to stop. This is the number one thing you're going to hear. It's not the name Matt. You're going to hear daddy, 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 or mama, 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 and you're like, what? And you want to be kind, but you can't because you just want to wring their neck. The reason for this, Matt, this is the most important thing we need to realize. So they got questions. And it's very difficult because they have so many and most of them make no sense at all. And you have to ask them like five times, what does that mean? I'm trying to understand, what are you, what are you saying? But is it important? Yeah. Because ultimately, they're going to have spiritual questions. So Matt, when you're about to kill your children, before you even have them, I'm going to tell you this. Remember, overall, in all these areas, there's a purpose for a father. You have a reason. God has a purpose he's put on you to fulfill as a father. And in all of this, you've got to learn to be balanced. And it's going to be hard. Because if you're balanced and you can adapt yourself in such a way, you apply your life in such a way that you can deal with your children, when this time comes, you'll be ready to answer the questions. So I'm going to let you sit down and let's look at the questions, okay? This is, this is the question that most kids have. It's faith, but they won't say it to you. They won't say, Daddy, I have a question about my faith. Where do I apply my faith today? What do I invest my faith in? Now, now faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That's easy to understand. So that things which are seen were not made of things which do not appear. In other words, you, God formed the world. God created the world. I wasn't there. I just believe it. Faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. These questions that kids have, they need answers. And a lot of questions are goofy things, I know. And you're going to be frustrated, I know. 
It's exhausting, I know. But let's get to the real deal. The bottom line is, kids just want to know the truth. And see, their faith, their faith is seeking an answer to life's questions. I mean, they want to know, why do birds fly? And, and why do slugs slime? And, and why do worms not have eyeballs? And weird stuff that you don't care to talk about. But ultimately, every time, it's an opportunity to invest in their faith. And say, because Jesus Christ, God, the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, they came together in the very beginning in Genesis. And they said, let us make man. And God created what you see around you. Really, Daddy? I don't know. No, no, it's true. This is, this is the real deal. This is the truth. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. It's not set you free like most people say. It makes you free. i got to work on my kids. Their faith. They need me to invest in their faith. So Easter comes. And it's about alive. I don't want to focus on the Easter bunny because that doesn't matter. Easter eggs, great for candy. But we have an opportunity to invest and take their faith and apply truth on Sunday. And I want to do that. And I want you to think about this. When you give children truth, when faith is applied to truth, it brings forth trust. Kids want to trust. Most kids will trust anybody when they're really young. Ellie makes me nervous because she'll come up to anybody, talk to anybody. She loves everybody. She's like, you know, little saint. But most kids need to learn as they get older they can trust Jesus Christ. So if I take their faith, when I take the faith and apply the truth that Jesus Christ is the answer, he's the way, the truth, and the life, through that it brings trust. And they say, hey, when bad things come, I can trust God to bring me through those things. As they get older, because their hearts are tender when they're little. That's why so many people are skeptics. Like, oh, yeah, about a thousand kids got saved the other night. And blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know what? It's because their hearts are tender. And when we get older, our hearts become hardened. And we don't have faith like a child. We have to figure it all out. We got to go online and Google it. And we got to, you know what I'm saying? We can't step back and say, well, that's what the Bible says. Because that's what kids are doing. And then their faith is trusting the truth. And it changes their life. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'm I'm the only way. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I'm not going to fear what flesh can do unto me. Hey, I'm not worried. And as that child gets older, they soon forget about the boogeyman under the bed and the creepy things that bother them or the wonder in the back of their mind. They start trusting the truth, which is Jesus Christ. That's why you train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. There's security. And they take that security and bring it into their marriage. Do you understand? And it just makes sense. Isn't it weird what gives kids security? It, it is, it's strange. You see, that trust, the truth, brings forth trust, and trust equals peace. And that's where it all comes from, and it's all starting with faith. Oh, I got my little friends to come up here. Come on up if you have your, 
Come on up here for a minute. Come on, uh, come on up here. Bring your friends with you. Bring them up too. Yeah, just, whoa, hey, watch that. That's a step, yeah. Something your daddy would do. Come on, come on up here. No, that's something I would do. I can't tell you how many times I've tripped trying to get to the pulpit. Thank God I didn't tonight. Look at these little ones. And they have little ones with them. Isn't it funny to you? It's funny to me that kids have comfort in a piece of fabric. How many have ever seen a kid carry a blankie around? How many of you used to have a blankie you carried around? How many of you had a stuffed animal you, you went to bed with? If you, raise your hand like you mean it. Dave Everly, raise your hand. You know who else had one? You all didn't know this. But he's not here. Pastor Tony had one too. He still has it. You think I'm kidding. I, I try to find it. See, all his stuff is in my garage because he's, you know, he's moving. And I know Tough. That's, the, that's its name. It's a little stuffed dog. Uglier than sin. His eyes are all bulged out, hanging out. It's all, I mean, he's a mess. But he loved Tough. Even when we were in high school, I was like, dude, you got to give that thing up. It's embarrassing. He never did. He, he, he brought it with him to college. It's weird stuff. And then when him and Miss Jenny got married, he, he brought it with them too. Because it, it brings comfort. It's peace. Who you have? You don't know your, your stuffed animal's name? You nervous? Now this one looks like a reindeer. What, what's, what's this one's name? Buttercup. A what? Buttercup. Oh, Buttercup, I thought she said Bayaka. She's speaking Klingon. Who do you have? Sandra. Who? She's Cassandra. Now this guy's got it going on. Introduce these two for me. Uh, Biter Bear and Teddy? Biter Bear. Like Spider-Man, Biter Bear. Christian, who you have? Tigress. Tigress. Can't get away from that. Who do you have? Lovey and <laughs> Hardy. Lovey and Hardy. This is Hardy. This is Lovey. Simple, isn't it? You say, Pastor Dave, this is goofy and stupid. No, this is what's underneath our noses every Sunday. Little kids with big faith. And it takes simple things to take their faith. And it seems like Satan's the only one that knows that. So kids grow up and put their faith in all the wrong places to get comfort, to get peace, because they trusted a false doctrine or truth. And through that, what they think is peace, what they think is comfort, something as simple as fabric at this age becomes alcohol when they get older, or drugs. What are we going to do with these kids' faith? You say, I can't do anything. You got the word of God, and it will not return void. And the word of God presents Jesus Christ. He's the truth. He's the way. He's the only way. So I want our kids this Easter to use their faith to find out what truth is so they can trust and experience true comfort, peace for the rest of their life. Because though Pastor Tony carried his stuffed animal until he got married, kids have to have something that's real, a real comfort. As the kids make their way down, I want you to pray with me for just a minute. Would you please, heads bowed and eyes closed, just for a second. You kids can go to your seats for just a minute, okay? I want us to do this. I, I, I just, Mark, I just want you to play piano. Would, I'm not going to have anybody stand. We're not going to sing. 
We're just going to play the piano. And all I want us to do is focus on one thing for me tonight. It's okay. It's not a bad thing to do this. If you'll come to the altar, great. Grab your little one by the hand, great. No, let's put it this way. We should come to the altar because right now I want to take a break and just pray for the kids that come to this church Easter morning. That's all I want to pray for, the children. Because there's going to be some Sunday school teachers that are going to maybe be working as a junior church worker. And there's going to be some junior church workers and some new people they are going to be dealing with our children. So I'm going to say a word to you right now. What are you going to do with my child's faith? Because if you don't know the truth, don't take my child's faith and give them a false doctrine or a false hope. Peace. You better know the word of God before you open your mouth to a child to deal with them. It's not a one, two, three, say this prayer, go your way and la-di-da. That's a soul that will burn in hell one day. They need a comfort and a peace that goes farther than just a, a piece of fabric or, or when they get older, some comfort they find in drugs and alcohol. They need to know Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Give them their faith. Apply, let them apply their faith to something worthwhile. So, teacher, maybe you should come to the altar. So I'm scared to talk to kids. If you're a teacher, maybe you need to get in the book and learn how to talk to those kids. Because you're dealing with a soul that's either going to die and go to hell or is going to go to heaven. Easter, we have a lot of kids coming through. What are you going to do with it? We got a lot of little kids with souls and they're looking to believe in something. Let's give them something to believe in. Amen? So where you're at in your seat, I'm going to ask you to do this. If you want to come to the altar, fine. But I want us to pray. I want us to pray for the nursery. I want us to pray for junior church. Listen, every junior church worker, if they're able, ought to come to this altar right now. How many of you are working in junior church this Sunday? Any shape, form, or fashion. We have a meeting tonight. I'm pleading with you. Let's seek God's face for these children. You say, Pastor Dave, this, I'm not preaching. I'm just giving you my heart. Seriously. Let's, if you're going to pray in your pew, pray in your pew. But let's seek God's face and say, God, our kids need to know the truth. So right now, we're dedicating this time to pray for the kids come Easter morning. Because it's bigger than an egg. It's bigger than the candy. It's bigger than the dress and the little nice ties. They're coming here to hear the truth. So let's give it to them. Will you pray with me right now? As they're praying at the altar, you're praying in your seat. I just want us to pray and ask God this. God, will you please give us victory this Sunday and not let the children be taken by Satan God I'm asking you please Heavenly Father in the name of Jesus Christ I am unworthy to call upon your name I have so much to change in my life so much I need to rearrange I know that but for whatever reason I'm a vessel and I'm asking you to use me God, I don't have it all figured out. I know I've got a long way to go just to know for sure, Lord, how to be, how to be a father. So I'm asking you to help, help me to be a teacher Sunday and help me to teach with the love of a father as if those were my kids in that seat and I handled their souls and their faith as if that was my little boy or my little girl. God, give me strength, not the 
just to wing it. God, give our, our teachers the strength to stand behind those little podiums and just give the truth because kids need to know. God, help us to use this opportunity to come Easter morning for your honor, for your glory, for your praise, and for souls to be saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, I plead the blood of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you'll overcome Satan and his spirits. Give us great victory come this Sunday. In Jesus Christ's name, amen.